Look, Roger, we need you to address Colin. We need you to say his name and not only admit the wrongs, but what can you do for justice now that everybody sees that he was on the right side of history and they were, you know, him and the rest of the players who chose to take the knee were punished. What are you going to do to right those wrongs and address that? From Uninterrupted, this is Dialed In. I'm Lauren A. Jones from the podcast team here at Uninterrupted, a place where we're always having insightful conversations with athletes from all over the world. On this show, you're also plugged in because every episode features different athletes calling in to share their story about what's really happening in sports and society. Let's get dialed in. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Michael Thomas was asked about Donald Trump's statements in regard to those who refused to stand for the national anthem. It just amazes me with everything else that's going on in this world, especially involving the U.S. That's what you're concerned about, my man. It's bigger than me, I got a daughter. She gonna have to live in this world. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make sure, you know, she can look at her dad and be like, hey, you did something, try to make a change, feel me? On the line for this episode is Houston Texans safety Michael Thomas. As a member of the Miami Dolphins, Mike took a knee during the national anthem throughout the 2016 and 17 NFL seasons. Over the course of his NFL career, Mike has been committed to affecting real change, as illustrated by his work with his local congresswoman, meeting with the African American Police Officers Association within the Newark PD, and helping young people register to vote in the 2018 Ballot Bowl. Mike is joined by WNBA star and ESPN basketball analyst Chenea Gumake. As a member of the Uninterrupted Athlete family, Chenea connected with Mike to talk about how athletes are at the forefront of social justice reform and how they plan to turn activism into action. Listen in. What's good, Mike T? Long man, time, my friend. Man. I miss man, you. Chilling, chilling. Miss you too. How, how the fam? Everyone's good. NECA, Big Sis NECA told me to say hi. A lot of people don't know that we go way back. You feel me? All the way to the H. H time, baby. Stanford. <laughs> but I'm really glad that we get to connect because I think people have asked us athletes where our heart is really when it comes to returning to play, right? And it's been really amazing to see that athletes have been front and center when it comes to social issues, to these protests. And I think we're at a point in society where activism doesn't just stop there nowadays, right? Like we're turning activism into action. Action. And when we... Yeah, and when it comes to uh, our sports, I know that there's a real opportunity because we are the majority of the minority, meaning the WNBA is 80% black. The NBA is 75% black. I believe the NFL is 70% black. So everything that's happening, the two pandemics, racism and COVID, these are issues that are affecting us disproportionately and it hits us really at home. I know you bravely and boldly took a knee during the national anthem in 2016 and I think 2017. 
what went through your head to make that decision? Because I know a lot of people say, oh, he's just doing it. But like, you think about your family, you think about your finances, you think about the fans that love you. And then all of a sudden they can turn on you just because you're standing up for what's right. What was the process of taking a knee for you personally? I mean, you hit on a lot of it. Like you said, you got to think about all those things. Like, especially 2016, you don't know how the NFL is going to respond. You don't know how your team's going to respond. I mean, shoot, specifically for me at that time, I don't even think I said it. Like, shoot, I ain't had no guarantees in my contract. They could have cut me. It was just that brotherhood, that, that bond that we connected with when I was in San Fran. Now I'm in Miami and I see the good work that they're doing and I see them taking a the stand. It was like, nah, they're my brothers and I stand for some of the same things. So I'm not going to let them do it by themselves. I'm going to be in solidarity with him. And I think Kenny Stills played a big uh, role in that too. My my relationship with Colin and Eric. And then with Kenny just being solid, just saying like, look, man, instead of us doing our own thing, let's be in solidarity with them. But I can't lie to you to answer your question. Now, a lot of those things went through my mind. I had to think about it and prayed about it. But ultimately it came from having a strong, solid woman in my corner in Gloria, prayed about it. And it was like, you know what? This is bigger than me. Yeah, someone that plays football though, Mike T, how do you try to explain to people the purpose of what you're doing to the fan that probably doesn't get why it's even happening. To the fan who's asking still, even since 2016, why we're taking a knee, I'll tell them to just like, look, open up your eyes, understand that anytime you hear they're disrespecting the flag, national anthem, stuff, that's a distraction. Police brutality is real. Systemic oppression is real. I can yell at you and tell it to you to, you know, to your definite air and tell, you know, my voice, my voice goes out. But until you just are willing to listen, willing to open your eyes, willing to just see what's going on, these people aren't just dying for no reason, then, you know, I I don't know if I can really explain that to you. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. Roger Goodell finally came out and said, literally for the first time in the NFL and also as commissioner, that Black Lives do matter. What was your reaction to that? One, it's at a point where players aren't gonna be solid anymore and I commend all those young dudes, especially all the young ones that came out and used their voice in their platform to uh, call out the league, to call out the owners. And, you know, I, I pray that they continue to do that. Like, not only have to do that video, but now go do the work. I think Mike Thomas for the Saints has already started doing some type of has, and, you know, a lot of those guys have. And they've been out there protesting. Let's keep it going. Like you said, you know, let's, let's, let's take it to the polls and start voting. Let's, let's try to create real change, right? I think Roger had no choice but to respond. I think Patrick Mahomes... Uh, stepping up and saying something definitely sparked that. But at the end of the day, I think the people are going to also call for a real conversation to be had about what happened to Colin and Eric Reed and Kenny Stills and all the players who took the knee the first time around. Yes, you're admitting that you're wrong, but it's important to say their names. Just like it's important for us to continue to sing Philando Castile, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, as we continue to try to fight for justice, people are going to call like, look, Roger... We need you to address Colin. We need you to say his name and not only admit the wrongs, but what can you do for justice now that everybody sees that he was on the right side of history and they were, you know, him and the rest of the players who chose to take a knee were punished. What are you going to do to right those wrongs and address that? We are listening. I am listening. 
and I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. You know, you've always been my my big bro, you know what I mean, for a long time, because, <laughs> you know, you, you're just so respected, just on the field, off the field. I think 2018, Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee, if I'm correct. I know right now we're seeing a lot of athletes out there protesting. We're returning to sports. We're going to be probably playing in a bubble. It's likely we're going to play <laughs> in a bubble with no fans. NFL still trying to figure out its season. How do you see athletes still finding a way to get their voices heard right now? Right. So I think they'll still be players who choose to protest take a knee right it'd probably be way more than before but at the end of the day i think everybody's going to try to like actually do the work turn that protest into action and i think in the immediate future what not only the players can do but for all the fans who have been asking what's next you know i think you need to lean into all those black-led organizing groups in your community you know who have been on the grassroots level doing the work for years and decades because they have the answers they know the policies that you should be supporting the petitions you should sign uh uh, uh the walks uh are the marches that you should do are the steps you need to take to try to get this uh the real change that you want to see done and i think right now there's two things today that you know both the players and the community need to focus on and there's the people that's calling for reform versus the people that's calling for defunding and i think two examples would you see reform you know that's an example of trying to change their behaviors and all that but a reason why people are saying it's not working is because nypd banned chokeholds and eric garner still died from what a chokehold uh, minneapolis was one of the first cities to adopt obama's initiatives and you had Philonico Steele, and who else are Houston's on George Floyd, right? And that's why people are rallying behind it and saying, like, nah, reform might not be the answer. Stop funding them and giving them more funding for training. No, it's defund. And the goal for defunding the police and their budgets is so that the people you can give that same funding that you're gonna give to the police for that training. You know, to, to, to practice their behaviors and give it back to the communities, give it back to, you know, the, the black people for their education, for their jobs, trying to just develop better opportunities for people in their communities and let them take care of themselves instead of having to depend on others. So I think those are some of the immediate things that people can focus on. Lisa Leslie, this was uh, just published, your letter to America, and it starts out with what I interpret as really a lot of pain. America, I'm begging you, we have to change the way we look through the lens of America. We have to change these stereotypes that we create for each other, and we have to change the systemic racism. And yes, everybody can say, well, you guys got to go vote. You guys got to, you know, do it for yourselves. We're not asking for any handouts. We're just asking for an equal playing field. What do you think or what's the plight of the WNBA players and how do you see them, you know, leaning into this movement? We have always been authentic to ourselves. Like for right. so long, we're a league full of black women, amazing black women. 144 people get the chance to play in the WNBA. That's one of the most competitive jobs in the Absolutely. world, right? And if you watch our finals, it's lit. I know a lot of people have a lot to say about women's basketball, but the fact of the matter is we're growing. We have a lot of momentum. Right. But more importantly, we've been doing it for our communities. We have not been doing it for the paychecks, right? right like we've right, been doing right. it. Our, our paychecks Respect. finally matching that energy <laughs> these days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like when hey, you see- Y'all earned it. Y'all work for that. Thank you, sir. And you know, like when people say like, what are the, what's the WNBA going to do or how are we using our voices? It's like, we've been consistent. We've kept that same energy. Like when it came to Philando Castile, literally Minnesota, the Lynx were the first ones to, you know, go to their own arena in I Can't Breathe shirts, right? Yeah. Or like even Eric Garner. There are so many instances where WNBA players have just literally 
it's just been who they are, you know, stepping up and Absolutely. being a part of activism. So I think moving forward, like this season, I'm, I think it's a huge opportunity for our collective voices to have tremendous power. I think we're going to make a statement, make sure you say her name as well, right? Like we're, we're playing for all of those women that don't get to seen because get to be seen because we're a league that's fighting for representation. So, you know, just as the, the men are out here, like, you know, leading the way when it comes to protests or women and, um, and, and then we have to do double the work to make sure that the, the Breonna Taylors get justice as well. Mike T, I guess like the last thing I'll ask you is, you know, as a black man from Houston, Texas, obviously we just lost George Floyd. Right. Where's your spirit at? I'm glad there's way more people that are leaning into this fight. Before, I can't lie, I felt that same hopelessness, that, that same pain, that same hurt that everybody in our community was feeling and will things ever change? Uh, seeing everybody speak out, seeing how the tables have turned for my brothers Colin, Eric, Kenny, everybody that tried to protest before and just hired a little bubble in the NFL, seeing how society is starting to say, nah, like, let's take down these Confederates, stop celebrating, you know, the Confederacy. Let's actually try to defund the police. Let's fight against police brutality. Let's fight against justice. I'm a little bit more uplifted. I'm a little bit more in a place where, okay, now we can have real change. And yeah, it took four years for us, but 400 years for our whole community, our whole race, right? But it's happening. So let's not lose that energy. I'm, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm hopeful again. Let's not lose that energy. Let's not let that momentum die. Let's let's try to make sure we can create real change in our lifetime. So even if we don't necessarily see it and experience it, our kids might experience something different than what I did growing up. When everything happened, I was shocked. Then I was profoundly sad. And then I was angry. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know what was going to come next. And I think right. now as the anger subsides, it's more like, okay, how do I channel this to understanding, education, and activism? Like, what am I actually going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen for, right. you know, right. my sisters or for my future children or for, you know, your kids, <laughs> aunties. Here. So people like you give me hope. And then I think, you know, people that even just listen and try to understand give me hope too, because that's a shift of the heart. And that Absolutely. doesn't take money. That just takes literally humanity. My dog, it's always lit when I talk to you. Always, and it's always real, Janine, and I appreciate it. Love everything I see you doing all the time across the nation, you know, globally, everything. So, now nah, I appreciate you. Thank right you, back at you. I'm sure I'll talk to you. Maybe we'll link up. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to Dialed In. Make sure to subscribe to the uninterrupted We Run This Station feed. Hit us up on social media at Uninterrupted and tell us which athletes you'd like to hear dialed in. Talk soon.